to Because and Effect, a podcast from the Winnipeg Foundation, where we talk to people about the causes they care about and the effect that it has on their lives. My name is Nolan Bicknell. In this episode, we are doing something new for the first time ever. My colleague Shauna Turnley will be leading the conversation with Mama Wichita's family group conference team lead, Brandy Blind. Shauna and I connected with Brandy and Mamaway a few months ago to create a video about Family Group Conference, or FGC, for a Winnipeg Foundation event. You can see the video that features Brandy and one of the families that she mentored by visiting becauseandeffect.org. In this episode of Because and Effect, Brandy Blind shares her healing journey from being a community member who originally utilized Mamaway's services to now leading FGC, which was gifted to Mamaway by the Maori people of New Zealand. In this conversation, Shauna and I sat down with Brandy Blind to learn about her story and what she has overcome, the incredible impact of FGC here in Manitoba, and what our city still needs to do to help reunite families with kids caught up in the system. Thank you for listening to the Because and Effect podcast. My name is Shauna Turnley, and joining me today in studio is Brandy Blind. Um, welcome, Brandy. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for coming today. So Brandy, if you want to tell me a little bit about yourself, the organization that you're with. Okay, uh, my name is Brandy Blind and I'm a mother and a grandmother. I live in Winnipeg and was raised most of my life here. I am the family group conference coordinator. Initially, I started as a mentor and I work for Mama Way. And Mama Way is an Indigenous organization. It's community led, strength based, solution based. And right now, we currently have over 50 programs at 12 different sites with over 200 Indigenous staff and over 800 volunteers that are from the community. Amazing. Well, I actually had the pleasure of meeting you a few weeks ago when we were working together on a project highlighting Family Group Conference, one of Mama Way's many brilliant programs. Could you tell our listeners what Family Group Conference is? Okay. Um, Family Group Conference is an Indigenous-led initiative that was gifted to us by the Moray people of New Zealand. And out in New Zealand, they were having a lot of the challenges and the same barriers as we did with some of the children in the CFS agencies out there. So as opposed to apprehending children and putting them into culturally not appropriate homes out of their community, they wanted to take back the voices of their community members and bring back the decision making of their future and the children back into community. This is what we did initially as Indigenous people before colonization. We would come together in ceremony in a circle and we would decide how we could support our families from within. Auntie would play a role, grandmother would play a role, uncle would play a role and this is what we wanted to do to get back to our basic roots and our Indigenous ways of always knowing and we have the answers and we have the gifts and we just wanted to come back to our traditional ways of knowing. And it was only a few weeks ago that I first learned about Family Group Conference and the transformative work that you and your team have been achieving. How did you first get involved with Mama Way and Family Group Conference? So I guess being a part of the community really empowers me to want to be a support and to 
help. As I had mentioned, I had utilized Mamoe years ago when I was um, struggling through some of my own issues and being able to reach out and have support from this organization really empowered me to want to be a part of it. Um, when I had utilized the services, there were no biases. I did not feel unwelcome. They welcomed me with open arms and they met me where I was. Unfortunately, I had overcome drug addiction in my youth. I had also witnessed a lot of uh, physical abuse and mental abuse and being in the inner city sometimes unfortunately I had to witness a lot of poverty as such as things like that and a lot of our families do. So I always remembered this and I always thought you know once I'm on my healing journey and I overcome my barriers I want to be a part of this organization and give back to the community just like they did with me. Thank you for sharing some of your challenges. When you speak about your healing journey and how you've come full circle with Mama Way, how does it feel to be a part of such a safe space that Mama Way has created for people? They are such a great organization. They have so many different programs that can assist each and every one of us and that comes from community kitchens to youth programs to drop-in centers to uh, seniors programs. So it kind of is a program that will kind of assist the whole family and that's what we need is to support our families. Definitely and speaking of supporting community members a crucial part is location and access to these services. I know the Winnipeg Foundation's one of their key strategies is to improve the well-being of people living within the care area, which stands for Community Area for Revitalization and Equity. And since Mama Way is on the fringe of that area, can you share why location is so critical to the success of a program and how families can go about accessing Mama Way's services? So the fantastic thing about Mama Way is that, as I mentioned, we have uh, 12 different sites. We have a few different community-based drop-in centers where our families can walk in, speak with one of the mentors there, community staffs, and just be educated on the different support programs that we have. So depending on the situation and their needs, um, it varies from parenting programs. Um, we have food accessibility programs. We have camps for our children cultural programs. So dependent on that, our staff would be able to set them up and assist them in some of the intakes of whatever program it is that they need. As you've mentioned, there's culturally appropriate programming with Mama Way and it is an Indigenous-led organization. Can you speak to the importance of having that for families? I think it's very important. As we know in Winnipeg, sometimes it's called uh, Manitoba's biggest reserve because we have such a large Indigenous population. So with that being said, some of us aren't able to access some of those traditional teachings and community because we're living in Winnipeg and some of us are maybe not from the province, like me myself, I'm from Saskatchewan. So I couldn't just go and access a, a sweat, uh, a sharing circle. So so by having it in the community, it opens up those doors to be able to allow everybody just to come and participate in those programs and not having a barrier of transportation or, you know, having to schedule around appointments, schools and such things. It's there for the taking and, you know, all you need is your two feet to get you there. And that's exactly we, what we want as a community to have those services available and to be able to utilize those traditional teachings that we've always 
had, just haven't been able to practice them as much over the years with colonization. So it's kind of giving us our power back, like we always did have, and being able to utilize them any time of the year and any time we need to or want to. So what has the response been from families and individuals that have navigated different systems that maybe don't have culturally appropriate programming? You know, the joy is being able to see families where they are and then seeing them after they feel empowered, they feel heard, they have trust, and they build these relationships with us. So we're very lucky in that sense. Sometimes they feel maybe like they don't have those great relationships with some of the different collaterals and stakeholders. So when they come to our program, because it is community-based, they're familiar, they've used us for many different programs, They already know who we are and what we stand for. So it makes it that much more easier and more comfortable for our families to come out and reach out to us, as well as knowing friends and family members and other, say, neighbors and things like that that have utilized our program as well, word of mouth. So like I mentioned, we have such a big demographic with our children to our youth. So we're very well known into different areas of the city. Speaking about being well known in the community, You were a mentor to families participating in Mama Way Family Group Conference for many years. What was it like to mentor your first family? I was a young father, actually. So just to be a support to a young dad, as we know, there is not as many programs out there, unfortunately, for young fathers. And I was very empowered to be able to walk that journey with him. So to be able to assist him from the beginning in navigating some of those systems and finding his voice and feeling empowered to being eventually reunited with his three children, seeing him thriving in his beautiful house uh, with his yard and the children playing there's nothing more monumental or empowering than that and that will always hold a special place in my heart that must have been incredible to be a part of that and this is just one of the many families that you have helped and walked their healing journey with what will you say to a family or an individual that may want help but maybe they're hesitant to take that first step and engage with services that you've been describing to give us a chance and just to be open to the possibilities that things are different with us and that this is the right decision for them and they'll be um, they'll be well accepted and well heard well respected and you know we love our families so well cared for when you say families are well cared for I got to experience this firsthand when you welcomed Nolan and I to meet with a family who previously participated in family group conference. And all I can say is like, wow, it was just such an honor to meet the family, speak with Vanessa and Arnold, hear their story, and see their family together. And see they have their two beautiful children that aren't going to end up in the system that have a strong family support system and are absolutely thriving. Seeing that over and over again with different families being reunited, what do you think the impact will be, not only now, but for future generations? 
I think it's going to be very important because we're empowering the community. Um, like we say, it takes a village. So when you build a community, you build an individual, you build a family, you're building the community to become stronger, to take back our voices and to go back to the way we always were. We had the answers. We always have had the answers. We just need to find our voices and believe in ourselves and believe in our relatives. Finding your voice is such a monumental tool. Our voice gives us power, really autonomy over our lives. And after speaking with Vanessa last week about her experience with FGC, I felt that was a key takeaway. She stressed the importance of not only finding her voice, but being heard. And this was just one of the tools that she learned at Mama Way. So what are some of the other tools that families and individuals will take away after participating in programming with Mama Way? You know, structure, um, healthy relationships. We do budgeting, you know, a lot of our cultural programs, like I had mentioned, and just connecting our families with a lot of the different collaterals and uh, resources that are in the city and in the community, and that just builds their toolbox to be more successful as uh, they navigate the many different systems that we do every day. Talking about tools and navigating just daily life, what are some of those challenges, barriers, even stigmas that individuals and families are facing right now? I guess um, some of the different systems that they have to navigate are things that we have to, we take for granted sometimes. So EIA, you know, unfortunately, um, you need to make an appointment to be able to access some of those services. And that's just to be able to do an intake or an orientation. So sometimes we take for granted that uh, we can just pick up our cell phones and things like that. But some of our families don't have accesses to a telephone. They don't have access to internet. So just being able to make an appointment, being on hold or having a callback number, that's something that they may not have. So right there, that's a barrier. I believe that you cannot just walk into EIA anymore and make appointments like we could um, years ago. Right there, that's another barrier. Also, sometimes with not being on EIA, now being able to navigate some of the um, like Winnipeg Harvest and things like that. Now we have, you know, children with us. So now we got to take children on buses. We may not have bus tickets. It may be hot. So having to do that and you may be in one part of the city and have to go to the other part of the city. So those are some of the systems that and sometimes things that we take for granted when we're not in those situations. Having clean, affordable housing sometimes, you know, unfortunately, when you're houseless, you know, you want to make home for your children immediately. So, you know. Unfortunately, sometimes we have to take houses that maybe we're not keen on, but we don't want to be on a housing list for low-income housing because that's three to five years waiting list sometimes. Or sometimes it's not in the area most desirable, so we're put right into the inner city and it's, you know, we want to raise our children and have them go to great schools and things like that, but just out of the need of being in a home, sometimes we have to take undesirable homes that uh, we're not comfortable with but at the end of the day it's a home so that's another barrier and just sometimes with mental health and also trauma we come from accessing those services being on waiting list for you know family counseling and things like that that's another barrier when it could be six to twelve months you know and when you 
have that hope and you're ready to do it sometimes you know six to twelve months things get in the way life happens and then we're back at the bottom of the waiting list so those can be very big challenges and kind of sometimes leave our family you know the feeling of hopelessness right yeah speaking of hopelessness what are some solutions that governments could offer to help overcome some of these challenges that so many people are facing I think connecting, having more services for mental health, addictions, you know, um, more support in uh, community-based organizations, all-around supports for our children. You know, I remember when I was a child, um, I would be able to go after school right into the gym and there'd be an after-school program with crafts and things like that, snacks, phys ed, basketballs and things like that. We don't have those services anymore. I was like really, really shocked that even in my area, the schools aren't providing those after-school programs. So what do our children do when some of the pools aren't even opened right now? You know, you don't have bus fare, you know, there's barriers and what do we do so it kind of opens up that door of being bored and trying to figure out what to do and sometimes those aren't the best decisions and it's out of boredom that sometimes we get into trouble so I think having more programs for our community members whether that be for our children or our parents or our seniors Wraparound services for all ages is essential to building a stronger community. I've been hearing it from various nonprofits I've had the opportunity to speak with. Nolan and I just recently had the opportunity to speak with Huddle, which is Manitoba's Integrated Youth Services, which is a one stop shop for youth ages 12 to 29 to access wraparound supports including mental health services, substance abuse, addiction support, employment services, income assistance, and the list goes on. But everything's contributing to the overall well-being of youth. And part of this programming has a drop-in center where youth can exist as youth, which is fantastic because like you've mentioned, I too had access to a drop-in center after school and it was a safe space for me to just exist as a kid. So I feel like it's becoming much harder to access programs like that for youth in this day and age. Having said all that, I've connected to programs through my work with the Winnipeg Foundation, but it raises the question, how do people connect with these programs and services? Can you speak more to what you were talking about earlier when you mentioned how word of mouth is so beneficial to Mama Way's programming? Absolutely. I think that's so important because right there, it's the people that are speaking, our community members, and who more are other communities going members going to trust than one another? Also, like you mentioned, the wraparound services. That's why um, I'm always such a great program because you have so many different programs all in one community space. So as opposed to having to go to a youth program across the city, you have it in one space where mom can be having a coffee in one part of the building and the children are accessing sports and the wall climbing and things like that in another space. So it keeps our families grounded. They feel safe and they're together. And also connecting with other community members, that opens up a spew of place to be able to chat and also connect. And they know more resources than we do. So being able to relay that information to each other and building, you know, a toolkit with all these resources that maybe they didn't know about 
and connecting with other families who have used it. Which all really just speaks to the power of community and how important it is. And community means different things to different people. For me, similarly to what you were saying earlier about how it takes a village to raise a child, I had the privilege of having a mom and a dad, but support didn't end there. I had aunts and uncles, grandparents and cousins who all acted as supports in my life. That's a little glimpse of my community and what it looks like for me. What does community mean to you? Community is mama way, like I mentioned, you know, having different supports, being able to come in in the situation we're in and be with one another where we're at, you know, no judgments, no stigma, um, just a place to be and uh, to be comfortable with one another and to build relationships. You mentioned meeting people where they're at. Can you talk about why that's so important? It's very important. Um, Like one of our families may come in the door to look for a day camp for their children, where another family may be struggling and needing some food assistance, or maybe one of our community members is houseless. So meeting families where they're at is being able to utilize different services that pertain to some of their barriers. So that could come from housing to day camp to just a youth drop-in center to a cup of coffee. Um, We meet them where they're at and whatever challenges they may be going through at that day. After speaking about why it is so important to meet people where they're at, looking at Winnipeg as a city, how are we achieving this? Are we meeting people's needs? Are we meeting people where they're at right now? Well, I live in the inner city, so I think we're lacking a little bit. As we see, uh, COVID really impacted a lot of our families and community members, and they're still feeling the repercussions of things like that. And with that being said, I think we had an influx with mental health issues as well as addiction issues. So I think we really need to focus on supporting our community members and having more services accessible to them, um, not just after six o'clock at night, but 24 seven, you know, these challenges, addictions, mental health issues don't uh, stop at four o'clock, start at four o'clock in the afternoon. It's a 24 seven ongoing issue. So having to access maybe mental health programs and things like that sometimes you're on a waiting list or there's many barriers that you need to overcome you know doing the intake going to the orientation going to chat with somebody when you're in psychosis you need that help immediately so not putting all these restrictions and like a list of what you you need to do before you can access them making it more easily accessible and meeting our families where they are Uh, i've got a question as well you mentioned being a grandma now, and you mentioned, you know, you've got some wisdom behind your eyes. I can see it every time we talk. What do you wish you knew back then that you now know when it comes to your work? You know, like. I think I wish I knew more of my cultural identity and some of my traditional teachings. I think just uh, speaking on that, uh, this is something that I've kind of come to the conclusion of recently over the years, is that if I knew who I was as a person in some of those traditional teachings and cultural practices, I would have not struggled in this big world of ours every day, just wondering who I am and being proud of who I am 
you know, sometimes we were beat down for the color of our skin, depending on schools and situations and different areas that we lived in. And not being able to be that because you're always got those secrets sometimes. And, you know, you're hiding the true, the trueness of yourself. So just having that support to empower me to be proud of who I am and uh, being able to utilize some of those um, different services and those traditional teachings that I wasn't brought up with. I think that's what I was missing. And that's what I'm so grateful to be able to do now and to share those teachings and that knowledge that I've learned over the years with some of our families and our relatives. You, you could see it with the family that we met is you're literally reacquainting themselves with themselves and and teaching where they came from and it's just like a magical transformation it's so cool to see yeah magical branching off of that like nolan was saying when we had the opportunity to meet with you and one of the families we started the day with the smudge and you're teaching this young boy about his culture and trayvon went around the room basically leading the smudge how does that make you feel It's amazing. It's beautiful. Makes my heart feel so fuzzy. And I'm just so proud to see this in such a young little munchkin. And, you know, to be able to see him smudge and when he's feeling fantastic to be able to smudge when he wants to go to bed, smudging his pillows for good dreams. It's really, really a proud moment for me. And to be able to recognize that this is what we've been missing all our years. And to see such young little man already incorporating that and knowing who he is and knowing some of his traditional teachings. It really was such a beautiful day. I guess one last thing is Mama Way is one of many organizations achieving incredible work in the city of Winnipeg. And I think community members are recognizing the need and they want to help, but maybe they don't know how. So what would you say to someone who wants to get involved with community organizations, but maybe don't know where to start? You know, you could come and volunteer with our families. Nothing better than that to see and meet our families and build those relationships. Also donating, supporting different programs with our in our city. And yeah, definitely reaching out and funding some of these programs because that's how we're going to continue to reach our communities is having those dollars sometimes. Wonderful. So since this is a Because and Effect podcast episode, I will throw it back to you, Nolan. So at the end of our time together on this podcast, we do a segment called Just Because, where it's seven questions about the causes you care about and and the effect that it's had on your lives. You okay to go through that with us? All right. Question one. What is the very first cause you ever remember caring about? Animals. Yeah? Are you still an animal fan? Yes, I am. I love rabbits. <gasps> I see them every day in my yard. And I, yeah, I'm a rabbit person. Very cool. Uh, question two. If money and politics and logistics were no issue at all, you could just snap your fingers and something would happen in the city or for Mumway or for FGC or whatever. What would you do? What would you snap your fingers and make happen? I think that we'd all um, probably be equal. We'd all have mm. the same houses. We'd all have food. We'd all have the same resources. And... Uh, that's exactly it. Question three, what's the big, you guys kind of already talked about this a little bit earlier, but what's the biggest misunderstanding or the biggest stigma that uh, Mama Wei is dealing with on a day-to-day basis? Probably just being able to, there's such a need of so much support and just having the resources to be able to combat that. The need vastly outweighs the resources. Absolutely. Currently. Yeah, that's what it seems. 
Question four, what's a recent victory, either personally or professionally? Like, what's a W, what's a, w a win that you've gotten recently that you can share with us? I think um, having the opportunity to recently travel. Mm. And uh, last year, we were fortunate to be able to go to New Zealand <sighs> and meet the Moray people where family group conference was gifted to us initially. Magic. Yes. What was one of the main takeaways from your trip? Um, that it's mandated out there, family group conferencing. So before our children enter any of the services, families come together and they connect and they support the children and bring them home to communities. It's huge. Yes. Yeah, imagine that, just a provincial or a federal mandate that this was something that we just all did. Yes. You're listening out there. Let's make it happen. Question five, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? It may be a bad day. It's not a bad life. Hmm. This too shall pass. Yes. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and question six, what advice would you give your 10-year-old self if you could go back in time and speak to them? Um, just to be proud of who I am and to be kind and be blessed and grateful. Gratitude. It's yes. magical. Uh, last question. Thank you, Brandy, for talking to us for everything you've done over the last few weeks with us. Um, it's great to meet you and it's great to you know, be a part of your community now. So thank you for this. The last question is the hardest one. What do you want to be remembered for? Being a kind, caring, empathic person. That's how I'll remember you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Me too. Thank <laughs> you so much. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity and I look forward to the future with us. It's our pleasure. Yes, thank you so much again, Brandy. It has been an incredible past couple of weeks meeting you, getting to know Family Group Conference, meeting different families, and just getting to know Mama Way. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Thank you again to Brandy Blind for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you to Shauna for hosting and uh, doing a great job guiding the conversation. And thank you for listening. I know that there's literally infinite podcasts or TV shows or whatever that you could be listening to right now. And I appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show and uh, to spend a little bit of time with us. So thank you very, very much. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so on Spotify or iTunes or anywhere you happen to be listening. It really helps us out, and the subscription uh, will let you know whenever there's a new episode that comes out every Tuesday. All music on this show is produced and composed by Trenton Burton. You can hear more of his music by visiting trentonburton.com or searching Trenton Burton on Spotify. The Cause and Effect is a podcast of the Winnipeg Foundation. To learn more about the foundation, you can go to wpgfdn.org or search at WPGFDN on all social media platforms. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for this episode of Because and Effect. We will be back next week with another great episode. And remember, families are love, memories, and laughter that we all share together. Bye-bye.